You're tuned into Eric's Movie Club. And now, here's Eric. Thank you so much, Jeff. Eric here. This is Eric's Movie Club. So glad to have you along. You know, these days we all use streaming services, and I'm here to help you make a choice because we spend so much time picking something to watch on our streaming services. So let me help you out. Let me make a recommendation. And on this week's episode, we're heading into rom-com territory. Our movie today is Notting Hill. I'll tell you why you should check it out, where you can check it out. Also, where does it rank against other modern romantic comedies? We'll get into that a little bit later. Let's start off here with movie news. Movie news. Last year, Adam Sandler threatened that if he did not win an Oscar for Uncut Gems, he would make a movie that was, quote, so bad on purpose just to make you all pay. Well, he didn't even get nominated for an Oscar. And I think now that we have the trailer for his new Netflix movie, it looks like he is making good on that threat from last year. He released the trailer for his new movie, Hubie Halloween. He plays a dim-witted resident of Salem, Massachusetts, who starts to notice strange things that are happening in the lead-up to his favorite holiday, which is Halloween. He can't get anyone to believe him because he's the town idiot. If you're interested in watching, it will be on Netflix on October 7th. Now, the website lifehack.org has assembled a list of 10 movies that you need to watch to be more successful. Here are the 10 movies, starting at 10, and why they think you should watch. Number 10, Goodwill Hunting. They say it will teach you competence. Number 9, The Pursuit of Happiness. It will teach you to never give up. Number 8 is The Words. They say it will teach you to own your work. Number seven, The Wolf of Wall Street, will teach you drive and prosperity. Number six goes to Limitless. They say it will teach you to get things done. Number five is Yes Man, will teach you to take advantage of opportunities. Number four is The Social Network. It will teach you entitlement. <laughs> Sometimes that's needed. The Secret is number three. It will teach you a positive attitude. Number two is Pumping Iron with Ani. It will teach you self-belief and assertion. And the number one movie that will make you more successful goes to Fight Club. Yes, Fight Club. It will teach you about materialism and emotional detachment. Good luck. All right, let's move on to today's movie recommendation. It's time for Eric's movie recommendation. Our movie today is Notting Hill, released in 1999, directed by Roger Mitchell, written by Richard Curtis. The movie stars Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. The plot of the movie, William Thacker owns a small bookshop in London, England, and he's feeling down in the dumps because his wife recently left him. But his life changes when the biggest movie star in the world walks into his store. Such an obvious idea for a movie, and a very good one. I don't think you'll believe who was just in here. Was it someone famous? No. No. Yeah? no. It would be exciting, though, wouldn't it, if... If someone famous came into the shop, hmm? do you know, this is this is pretty amazing, actually. But I once saw Ringo Starr. Where was that? Kensington High Street. At least I think it was Ringo. It might have been that man from um, Fiddler on the Roof. You know, Toppy. Topol. Yes, that's right. Top Topol. Mm -hmm. Actually, Ringo Starr doesn't doesn't look at all like uh, Topol. Yeah, but he was he was quite a long way away from me. So actually, it, it could have been neither of them. Yes, I suppose so, yes. It's not a classic anecdote, is it? It's not a classic, no. Where can you watch it? Amazon Prime. 
is where you can watch this movie. Now, why should you watch this movie? First, join me, if you will. Let's take a quick trip back in time. Let's all go back to the year 1999. It was a good year. It was a time in our history when a movie without superheroes or dinosaurs or lightsabers can make $364 million at the box office. Over $100 million in the U.S. alone. It seems unfathomable in 2020. So why is this? I think it's pretty simple. It comes down to star power. We really don't have movie stars the way we used to. I mean, it's true. And I think this is a fairly recent phenomenon. I think YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and things like that have made it so that more people have a chance to be famous. And it has given us more entertainment options. So these days, movies have just become another form of entertainment. And the people who are in movies are just famous people. And we don't really have movie stars that could really draw you to the movie theater the way we used to. And it kind of depresses me because I'm a movie buff. But I digress. In 1999, we did have movie stars. And Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant were among the biggest. They were also really good in this movie. Julia Roberts was in the middle of one of the most incredible runs any movie star has ever had. Huge, huge box office drop. And this was a movie that wasn't much of a stretch for her because she was essentially, let's be honest, playing herself. Her character, Anna Scott, is a huge movie star. I wonder where she found the inspiration to play this character. <laughs> she was very much playing herself, was very, very good in this role. Hugh Grant was essentially playing the same character he played in the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral. He was that kind of bumbling, unsmooth, you know, I don't know if you'd ever consider to maybe, I don't know why you would even do that, but maybe one day you might consider to, you know, that kind of bumbling, fumbling fool of a character that he played in Four Weddings and a Funeral, but he does that in this movie, and it was a perfect choice. Even though people might have said, why is he just playing the same guy again? It was the perfect choice because when he was opposite this person who was playing and also in real life, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, he kind of had to be that guy, right? If he was also very smooth and very suave and whatever else, it just wouldn't have, it would have been weird to see a normal guy, a guy who owns a little bookshop, be as smooth and as polished as a Hollywood movie star. Would have been kind of weird. I think he made the right choice. Their chemistry is off the charts. Absolutely incredible. And that is so important in a romantic comedy. In addition to the leads of this movie, the supporting cast is great. And this movie is from the UK. And it features a lot of actors that might not be familiar to audiences in North America. One guy who might be is Hugh Bonneville. Because he was in Downton Abbey. He plays Lord Grantham. But some of the other actors, Emma Chambers, James Dreyfus, Reese Iphens, Tim McInerney, Gina McKee, very, very good actors. And they're so great in this movie and so funny as Hugh Grant's friends in the movie. I mean, when all's said and done, she's nothing special. I saw her taking her trousers down and I definitely glimpsed some cellulite down there. Good decision. Yeah. All actresses are as mad as snakes. Tones, what do you reckon? Never met her, never want to. Brilliant. Max? Absolutely. Never trust a vegetarian. Great. Thanks. Brilliant. I was called and I came. What's up? William's just turned down Anna Scott. 
You daft prick. And a lot of Americans probably don't know many of those people to this day. Certainly didn't in 1999. But again, going back to my movie star argument, the fact that this movie made over $100 million just in the United States, when most of the cast would have been unknown to American audiences, just shows you the star power of Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant at that moment. The movie was written, I mentioned earlier, by the iconic romantic comedy writer Richard Curtis. Now, in addition to writing this movie, Notting Hill, he also wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral, Love Actually, and was even one of the screenwriters on Bridget Jones's Diary. Clearly, he likes to work with Hugh Grant, because Hugh Grant was in all of those movies. He is an incredibly witty writer, a very realistic writer, and his movies are always very funny and very romantic, if that's the part of the romantic comedies that you really like. And especially when you have talented actors, like in this movie, who could pull off his material, his movies are always so entertaining. And what else can I say? This is just a great example of a romantic comedy. Performances are great. The writing is great. Just turn your brain off. Have a few laughs. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Let's talk movies with Eric. So where does Notting Hill rank among the best modern rom-coms? I'm going to limit myself to the last 35 years because I will go super movie nerd and go way back in time if I let myself. So I'm going to limit myself to the last 35 years. Just kind of off the top of my head, I jotted some movies down. Let's go through them. This is my picks. These are my picks. Totally personal. Number one is When Harry Met Sally. To me, it's the best one. Meet someone, you have the safe lunch, you decide you like each other enough to move on to dinner. You go dancing, you do the white man's overbite. Go back to her place, you have sex, and the minute you're finished, you know what goes through your mind? How long do I have to lie here and hold her before I can get up and go home? Is 30 seconds enough? That's what you're thinking? Is that true? Sure. All men think that. How long do you like to be held afterwards? All night, right? See, that's the problem. Somewhere between 30 seconds and all night is your problem. I don't have a problem. Yeah, you do. It takes the best elements of all the romantic comedies that came before it, and made just the most watchable movie of all time. So I think it's the best one. The Big Sick is number two for me. Now that the niceties are out of the way, um, I have to tell you that when you yelled at me, it really threw me off, and uh, you really shouldn't heckle comedians. It's so rude. I didn't heckle you. I just woohooed you. It's supportive. Okay, that's a common misconception. Uh -huh. But yelling anything at a comedian is considered heckling. Heckling doesn't have to be negative. So if I, if I yelled out, like, you're amazing in bed, <laughs> that'd be a heckle? Yeah, it would be an accurate heckle. This might be due to recency bias. It's one of the best ones that I saw in the past decade. Kumail Nanjani is amazing. And the story is one of the most unique stories of any rom-coms. And it's actually true, which is kind of great. Say Anything is number three for me. This one is for all the Gen Xers out there. You know, and you're not in England yet. We know that, of course. But by the way, I want to just tell you that I lived in England for three months. And my parents lived in Ireland, you know, so we lived in England and Germany. I could give you an enormous amount of tips. Many tips. English tips. Well... No tips. Don't give any tips of any kind. I'll go. Pardon me? I'll go. You will? Excellent. All right, this is great. You will, really? I'll go. All right, this is really great. All right, we're going out. It's a date. 
it's a scam, whatever, whatever. All right, I'll pick you up at what, eight o'clock? Uh, one of my favorite movies, period. And you know what? This kind of covers the teen rom-com side of things. Broadcast news is number four for me because I'm a broadcaster myself, so why not? It must be nice to always believe you know better, to always think you're the smartest person in the room. No, it's awful. Also, I think this is one of the best movies of the 1980s. Bull Durham is number five. What the hell's going on out here? Well... Nuke's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live, was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. Well, uh, camel sticks always make a nice gift and uh, maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting or maybe a silverware pattern. If you look up lists online of the greatest rom-coms ever made, you will see Bull Durham on there. A lot of people still argue that it's more of a baseball movie than it is a romantic comedy. I don't care. I love baseball. I love this movie. Number six is Midnight in Paris. Here's a superb Picasso. If I'm not mistaken, he painted this, this marvelous portrait of his French mistress, Madeleine Brissou, in the 20s. Uh, but Paul, I'm going to have to differ with you on this one. Really? Gil, Gil, yeah. just pay attention. You might... Learn something. Okay, well, if I'm not mistaken, this was a failed attempt to capture a young French girl named Adriana from Bordeaux, if my art history serves me, who came to Paris to study costume design for the theater. And I'm pretty sure she had an affair with Modigliani, then Brock, which is how Pablo met her, Picasso. Of course, what you don't get from this portrait is the subtlety in her beauty. She was just a knockout. You know, Woody Allen is a pretty controversial guy these days. Some people might find Woody Allen to be a bit of an unsavory character. And I totally get that. However, I think he is an exceptionally great filmmaker and I love his movies. And so even though I have weird feelings about Woody Allen as a person, I love the art that he has made. And this is a great movie, Midnight in Paris. The Wedding Singer is number seven for me, mostly because... This was just one of those tapes I had growing up. I don't know what to do. She's getting married and he's going to ruin her life. Yeah, Glenn doesn't deserve her. All he cares about possessions. Fancy cars, CD players. Even women are possessions to him. Yeah. See, Billy Idol gets it. I don't know why she doesn't get it. I think a lot of us have one of these movies where we just had the tape and so we watched it a lot. <laughs> and... It's kind of a nostalgia choice for me. I don't think it's one of the best ever necessarily if I was to objectively break it down and everything, but I love the movie so much just because I watched it so much because it was just one of the tapes in our VHS collection. So I have to put The Wedding Singer on there. And you know what? I'd be happy to put Notting Hill at number eight. In the last 35 years, I think this is one of the best eight rom-coms ever. Not bad. Not a bad finish there for Notting Hill. What about you? I'd love to hear from you. Which do you think is the best rom-com of the modern era? And if you do end up watching Notting Hill, please let me know what you thought. And I'd love for you to join in on today's movie conversation as well. You can do that by going over to the Eric's Movie Club Facebook page. I would love to hear from you. And you know what? I'll talk to you again next week. This has been Eric's Movie Club, a giant TV production. 